It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Welcome to everybody and thank you for that lovely welcome. Uh, we need to, to just say, I mean, when Mark and Louie talk about their time living at our house, they sort of say it as if we sacrificed ourselves. Well, we, we were honoured to have them with us and uh, we grew to love them over that six months and I, I have two adult children that are a bit younger than Mark and Louie and they grew to love them dearly and uh, we were very sort of sorry to see them go when they eventually moved back to Perth but uh, we do love these two and I, I just want to say that I think you guys are really blessed to have them as your spiritual leaders because, yeah, you should be, yeah. Uh, we've, uh, we've, only been in, um, we've only been in Western Australia for a week, but I have found what is the classic difference between Melbourne and Perth. So we're travelling up the Indian Ocean Highway up towards the Pinnacles two days ago, enjoying this beautiful landscape, and I see this, this sort of white... Um, mound in the distance and of course being Victorian I go ah there's snow there's snow over there I know it's cold but I don't know what's that it's called snow and I get it of course it's it's sand and I thought whoa that's amazing so that's a big difference between Perth and uh, and our wonderful um, state of Victoria but I've called today's message good news not good advice now, believe it or not, I know you find this hard to believe, but I am now a grandmother. And I have reached an advanced age where I feel that I can give good advice to my children. And of course, they should listen to it. And the sort of good advice I give to my children is never buy rugs, linen or cookware at standard price because it's always on sale somewhere. Does that happen over here as well? Um, Never cook a chicken that smells in the least bit dodgy. And if you have a red-headed child, never put them in hot pink clothing. I just want to say that. Now, I could have made some enemies there. <clears throat> um, now, this is the sort of advice I give my kids, and if you knew my kids, you would understand why they're incredibly well-adjusted with advice like that. But I, um, I wonder, what's, what's the greatest piece of good advice you've ever been given? Now, you don't have to tell me because if you're human, you probably didn't take it. Would that be true? <laughs> Some of you might have taken the good advice. But let's talk about good news because good news is different from good advice. We don't hear a lot of good news. It'd be wonderful if the media just... Can you imagine a program on the media where they only reported good news? That would, that would be an incredible thing. But I, I have heard some good news. For a Melbourneites, it would be the news of the lockdown restrictions have been lifted. I think for you in West Australia, the good news was the borders have been shut. That was, that was your good news. Um, we've had good news that a friend's cancer scan has come back clear. 
We've had news that a friend who was, uh, was looking for a job for a long time was finally able to find it. So we do hear good news. But what's the difference between good advice and good news? Well, there's a huge difference because advice is something you can choose to act upon or not. Whereas news, well, it just is. It's about something that happened. Good news or bad news, it just is. Now, some people are inclined to see the Christian faith as good advice. It's an option they could take up if they, they feel so inclined. It might, might be like a worthy kind of spirituality, like you can follow the teachings of Buddha or you can follow the teachings of Jesus. Both of them are wise teachers. It could be maybe a new way or a worthy way of living, um, a, like a Jesus-based morality, a, a do-unto-others sort of morality. There's wisdom in that. Or it could be about um, an insurance policy for the future. You know, I'm, I'm not sure that there is life after death, but maybe I should get some good advice about how to live so I end up in the good place at the end. The message of Jesus does contain all of these things. It does contain spirituality and morality and like future eternity planning. But to see Christianity just as good advice is to totally miss the point of the Easter story. And we can talk about Easter in June because the Easter story is the essence of why we are sitting here today. The message of Easter is not about a piece of advice that we may or may not want to pick up. The Easter story is news. It's good, good news about something that has happened. And because it has happened, everything about our lives is different. The world is now a different place than it would have been if the events of Easter had not happened. If Jesus had been killed on a Roman cross and his body had decayed in the grave, we would now be talking about him like we talk about Gandhi, a great man in history. Such a pity what happened to him. But at that first Easter, something happened in history that should cause us to adjust our lives around a new reality. Now, let me explain what I mean. The New Testament talks about the gospel of Jesus. Now, that word gospel means good news, and it was in common usage in ancient times. It wasn't just the Bible that used the word gospel. How was it used? Well, we could get a little bit theatrical about it. Now, let's say that you lived in a small town in Roman times and it was politically turbulent. The leadership of the empire was constantly changing. You can put that photo up, Michael, that would be great. Oh, have we? Oh, great, okay. Um, the leadership of the empire was constantly changing as one faction fought another. Now, believe it or not, not much, not much has changed, has it? Now, you might be aware that a battle for power was going on 
because soldiers would, could have been fighting in a field very close to your town. And you could have been sort of cowering with your family in the marketplace of your town, waiting to find out what had happened in the battle. And then after a couple of days, a, um, a sentry would, would start riding into your town on his horse and he'd get down off his horse and he'd have something like this, he'd have a scroll. And he would open up the scroll and he would stand in the middle of the marketplace and everybody, everybody would gather around. And he would say something like this, this is the gospel, the good news. Tiberius is now the lord of the empire. You are now in his kingdom and you will give him your allegiance. Now, I'm sure the people of the town could choose to give their allegiance or not to Tiberius, but the fact is that that was not good advice. That was good news. It was something that had happened. Now, hopefully it would be good news if Tiberius was a good leader. Something had happened. Something had changed. Tiberius was in charge and their whole world was different. Now, let's see if we can bring this closer to home. And I want you to imagine, because we've had a tech glitch here, that we have a picture up here of a destroyed Ukrainian city. I want you to imagine that you're living in the east of Ukraine and the worst news comes to you that the Russians are on their way. What do you do? Well, probably the first thing you do would be grab your warm jacket. You would grab a backpack. You would put as much food and water as you possibly could in that backpack. You would grab your children and you would head to the basement of your apartment block. And you would sit in that, in that basement in absolute fear. As a mother, I can't even imagine what some of those people have been through. Do you need good advice? Well, maybe. Don't, don't eat your food too quickly. Preserve your water. Whatever you do, keep those kids quiet. Don't go out of the basement during daylight hours. And at night time, don't let any light go through the door to let anyone know that you're there. You stay there for two days, three days. Can you imagine what your children are experiencing through this time? After five days of being in that basement and you realise that you're down to your last half a bottle of water, 
you hear a sound outside and all of your worst nightmares are coming to fruition. You imagine that the, the Russian soldiers are out there. You grab your kids. You put them on your lap. You wrap your arms around them. You put your hands over their mouths to make sure that they make no sound. Shh, stay quiet. Don't make a sound. You pray. That's all you've got left. You pray. And then you hear a knock on the basement door. And it's the voice of your neighbour calling out, it's over, it's okay, our boys have pushed the Russians back. You can come out. Can you imagine, can you even put yourself in that place and feel what it would have been like? The joy the absolute joy of that good news, not good advice. Something had changed. Your world was different. You could bring your children out. You could experience the sun again. You knew that perhaps there was hope that life could continue, that there could be joy again. Now, with that picture in mind, I want us to go back to the first Easter. On Friday, Christ's followers had witnessed his arrest, his trial, his torture, his cruel crucifixion and burial. This was a hit squad job to remove what the authorities thought was a dangerous sect and Christ's followers were hiding and carrying in fear that they'd be arrested as well. They were sitting in their basement with their hands over their mouths saying, do not make a sound. And then this happened. Very early that Sunday morning, the women made their way to the tomb, carrying the spices they had prepared. Arriving at the tomb, they discovered that the huge stone covering the entrance had been rolled aside, so they went in to look, but the tomb was empty. The body of Jesus was gone. They stood there stunned and perplexed, and suddenly two men in dazzling white robes, shining like lightning, appeared above them. Terrified, the women fell to the ground. The men in white said to them, why would you look for the living one in a tomb? He's not here, for he has risen. Have you forgotten what he said to you while he you were still in Galilee? The Son of Man is destined to be handed over to sinful men to be nailed to a cross, and on the third day he will rise again. All at once they remembered his words. Leaving the tomb, they went to break the news to the eleven and to all the others of what they had seen and heard. And when the disciples heard the testimony of the women, it made no sense, and they were unable to believe what they heard. But Peter jumped up and ran the entire distance to the tomb to see for himself. And stooping down, he looked inside and discovered it was empty. There was only the linen sheet lying there. Staggered by this, he walked away, 
wondering what it meant. And then two of those disciples, we, we continue to read in the book of Luke, they went for this, this walk back to their village of Emmaus. It was like, we don't understand what's going on, but all of our hopes are over because Jesus is dead. And they're walking along the road and suddenly this man appears next to them. And, and they start talking about the scriptures and this man is opening up the scriptures and saying, don't you understand that the, the Messiah had to come and had to die? And they couldn't believe what they were hearing. And when they got to their place, they invited him in to have a meal with them. And, and as, as this man broke bread with them, their eyes were suddenly open and they this is Jesus. We saw Jesus. But then he disappeared. He disappeared and, and they just got up off their seats and ran all the way back to Jerusalem and told the others. And, and while they were discussing all of this, Jesus suddenly manifested right in front of their eyes. Startled and terrified, the disciples were convinced they were seeing a ghost standing there among them. Be at peace. I am the living God. Don't be afraid. Why would you be so frightened? Don't let doubt or fear enter your hearts, for I am. Come and gaze upon my pierced hands and feet. See for yourself. It is I standing here alive. I think we've got another photograph of, um, of this scene as well. Touch me. Go to the next one. Touch me and know that my wounds are real. See that I have flesh and bone. And he showed him his pierced hands and he let them touch his wounds. Knowing that they were still wondering if he was real, Jesus said, give me something to eat. And they handed him a piece of fish and they watched him as he ate it. The Bible eyewitness accounts are very clear that this is not just some ghostly spiritual resurrection, but a bodily one. The accounts don't, don't talk about this figure of Jesus sort of glowing or shining like a star. He is a real body. One of the women thought he was a gardener. The guys on the road to Emmaus, they just thought he was, you know, one of the guys. And, and he asks for food and he eats it. He challenges Thomas to touch him. Touch me, I'm real, I'm solid. He has risen in his physical body and yet there is something miraculous, something new about him because he appears and disappears into rooms as the eyewitnesses tell us. Jesus has been resurrected in a new kind of body. And listen to this, because it's so important. He is showing us what is in our future. He is himself, but he has been remade, recreated, renewed this life that we are living now is not the end the basement 
is not our future. There is hope. This is not just a new religious possibility. This is a foretaste of a whole new creation. Our lives will continue. Our future has been changed. This is good news. And when the disciples realised what had happened, their whole world changed. They were no longer cowering in hidden rooms. They were telling everyone who listened. And you know, the good news changed their life. It changed my life. It changed the life of millions of people. And why is that? Many of us today are crouched in basements of fear and anxiety. Maybe not physically, but mentally, spiritually, emotionally. What will the future be for me and my family? What's going to happen to the world? Is there another world war about to break out? I've thought about that. Will climate change destroy our way of life? Will COVID destroy our way of life? I've lost someone dear to me. Will I ever see them again? I can't seem to catch a break. I just keep getting knocked again and again. I don't know why I even exist. What is the purpose of life? It seems like we are born, we suffer, we die. I've done bad stuff, stuff I'm ashamed of, stuff I don't even think God could forgive me for. I've permanently messed up my life. There is so much evil and dysfunction in this world. It is overwhelming. The bad guys just seem to win every time. If any of that has gone through your head, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the knock on your basement door. It announces to the universe, God has one. God is in control. He has enacted his rescue mission to show the world that we are loved, we are forgiven, we are accepted. God has defeated evil and death itself. His kingdom is in charge of the future and the future is ultimately good. God is king and his will will prevail. It has been announced in the marketplace. And that is good news because his will is peace and joy and love. This is not good advice. This is good news. The most wonderful news, Jesus is alive and he is inviting us into that same life forever. And we can walk out of our basement any time we choose. Now, I know what you're thinking. In this world, as we see it at the moment, all is not well. All is not right. We know that. 
But it will be. It will be. And Jesus' resurrection was the beginning of God setting everything right. The good news being shouted into our basement is that God is a God of utter self-giving love. Just, Just a few verses of the many in the scriptures. This is how we know love. He laid down his life for us. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the sacrifice that would atone for our sins. We love because he first loved us. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. This is how God demonstrates his own love for us, that the Messiah died for us while we were still sinners. What God has done in Jesus is what he will complete at the end of time. The God of the cosmos is not blind chance or brute force, but love. You know, we don't talk about what happens beyond death very often, but we need to. Rick and I were at the funeral uh, three weeks ago of a precious, precious young father in our church. Died from a major heart attack at the age of 49, leaving two teenage daughters and a wife that misses him desperately. He loved Jesus. He had walked out of his basement years ago. There was such pain at that funeral, but such hope, such a joy. I was driving home and uh, I saw a ute in front of me with this branding on it. It's sort of, you know, God always has a way of encouraging you at dark times. Now, I'm not sure if the driver knew what it was about or just thought it was a cool name for a business, but some of you may know that this is an iconic image, uh, Australian image, and it was used in the celebrations in Sydney in the year 2000. Now, I don't know if you've heard the story, but The story is about a a man named Arthur Stace who lived in Sydney in the early 1900s. Now, Arthur Stace was an alcoholic and was in a desperate place in his life until he was radically saved. He heard a preacher one day saying this, eternity eternity. I wish that I could sound or shout that word to everyone in the streets of Sydney. You've got to meet it. Where will you spend eternity? And that was a turning point. That was the point where Arthur Stace walked out of his basement. He felt compelled to do one thing with his life and he did it for 30 years. He would go out quietly and discreetly into the streets of Sydney during the dead of night and write this word in a beautiful copper plate script, which is a miracle in itself because he was um, functionally illiterate and he could barely write his own name. But he wrote that word over 500,000 
times. No one knew who he was. He was the original Banksy. For decades, Sydney siders would be walking to work and they'd be, whoa, they'd be confronted with this word on the pavement. It's a challenge. This life is not all there is. It's just a blink of an eye compared to eternity. Arthur Stace knew there is good news. Jesus has opened a way to spend eternity with him. The verse in the book of Revelation where Jesus says, look at me, I stand at the door. I knock. If you hear me call and open the door, I'll come right in and sit down to supper with you. If you are in some kind of bunker today, you will never hear better news than that. The one that is knocking on the door of your basement is the loving Jesus Christ. He wants to pull that door open, (laughs) reach his hand down and say, come out into the light. There is life here. Pope John Paul said, we are the Easter people and hallelujah is our song. Can we pray together? Father, I believe that everyone in this room is sitting in some kind of basement right now. Every one of us is struggling with some fear about the future. Some of you are fearful of health. Some of you are fearful about um, job or career prospects. Some of you are fearful about your children. Some of you are fearful about your purpose in life. I wonder just for a moment that in the spiritual we can see that basement door opening. We can see the light streaming in from the face of the resurrected Christ who is telling us that we are loved He's calling us up the stairs. Come out in the fresh air. Come out in the sunshine. There is a future for you. Ultimately, everything will be put right. Father, I want to pray for everybody who finds it difficult to get up off their seat 
and take those first steps. Maybe today, even with this imagination of our loving Lord calling us, that it will be the beginning of a step out of abasement. We are the Easter people. We of all people have the good news of what this world ultimately needs. God, not only let us walk out of the basement, but let our mouths proclaim that good news no matter where we go. Let us be the Easter people. Let us be the ones who know there is future, there is hope, and let us speak that over every environment that we walk into. God, we love you. We thank you that you have rescued us. We thank you for the good news that you are alive and that we will also be alive with you in eternity. Thank you, Jesus. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.